This episode of The Jake is brought to you by... Oh, I don't know. Just play the intro music. Welcome back to the Jake episode six. Sure you've had the NBA Finals edition. And if the soothing sounds of REM doesn't tell you that I'm a Cavaliers fan, well, maybe my 10,000 tweets, my 400 t-shirts and hats that I've purchased over the last few years, or the fact that I cried on June 19th last year for the first time really in sports ever in my life. So, yeah. Bad game one for the Cavaliers. But, listen, this is a best of seven series. Cavaliers were down 3-1. Everyone knows, you know, to the Warriors team last year that, yes, added Kevin Durant. So, yes, they're going to be a tougher team this year than Durant was amazing tonight. He's so good. But yeah, tough game. And this is what happened last year. They had game one was all Warriors. It was the bench played really well, and it was just it was ugly. Game two, the stars came out. It was it was two bad blowouts for the Cavaliers. And even some of my friends came up to me. I'm like, oh, you must be pretty bummed that uh, they signed uh, Love and Thompson all that money. I'm like talking about I'm like well you know because now they're going to lose two straight and they can never beat this team I was like well, I don't know man like it's still early-ish I guess so and it was early-ish it was too early Cavs were down 2-0 won game three pretty handedly lost game four in a tough one and then won games five six and seven so you know and I know the circumstances were different each game I know that it wasn't really your typical series but when LeBron James is on your team, you've got a chance. They weren't going to take both games in Golden State this year. Now, they're going to have to play a whole lot better in Game 2 if they want to have any chance of competing because Durant was awesome. Steph was awesome. Draymond and Clay weren't even that good. But it's one game. It's only one game. So remind yourselves, Cavs fans, when you're listening to your REM or – you know, actually, I was, I was contemplating between a couple songs. So whether you go with Mad World, how about that one? That one would have been you know, a, real, a real bummer outer. Uh, maybe some Adele. Uh, how about um, Fastball's The Way? Underrated sad song. So, yeah, there are sad songs out there for you. But this is Cleveland, and we're a resilient bunch. We often get blown out or lose in horrible fashion on the biggest stage so yeah like this happens get over it all right so don't worry cleveland fans it's gonna be better but hey just game one game two is sunday an early game 8 p.m as opposed to all the other nine o'clock games which is why i'm doing this at 11:54 on thursday night 
And the whole thing is I like doing it after the Indians game. And uh, Indians game usually ends up around 10. And I record the podcast right after that, release this around 11 o'clock, and it's all, you know, and I go to bed. That's, that's kind of been my routine with this. But with this whole, you know, final schedule, this is going to be throwing me off a little bit. So i got to find better days to do this. But, um, but yeah, Sunday, game two. And uh, the next time you'll be hearing from me, it'll be after game three, probably, on Wednesday or, or Thursday. So, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll be in a much better mood. Maybe I will not be. And, uh, yeah, so look out for that one. But not all is bad. All right, so move on from game one. I think the Cavaliers still have a chance to win this series. Um, I wouldn't be much of a fan if I picked against them. I've always believed in picking for your team. That's the team I know. I don't really know the Warriors' ins and outs. I know the Cavaliers, and I think they can still win it. I'm picking the Cavs in seven, despite losing game one embarrassingly. And um, I think if they can steal game two, that would really be a huge push in the right direction. But if anything, just you know, get to game four 2-2. I know it's going to be really tough at this point, but I think that's not, not too much to ask for. They're down 3-1 last year and won it year before, they were actually up to one, and that was without Kyrie and Kevin Love. You know, they lost Kyrie Irving in game one and lost that in overtime. They won game two in overtime. They won game three back in Cleveland. So they're up to one. Very different teams, but it just shows that, you know, the, 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 you can't count them out. Can't count them out. It's still too early for that garbage. So, you know, just relax. Um, there's going to be spitting fire hot takes tomorrow morning whether it's Stephen A or Nick Wright or Colin Cowherd or one of the billions of people on Twitter that just have to have their voices heard which include me um there are going to be some hot 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 fiery takes about the Cavaliers and the Warriors so just you know buckle up and get ready this this is the finals everyone's been waiting a year for you know all season long everyone's been pointing out oh you know, it's just going to be Warriors-Cavs. It's just going to be Warriors-Cavs. The playoffs were kind of ugly to watch. The regular season wasn't that much fun to watch. You know, and everyone was anticipating this, and then the Cavaliers put up a little a big pooper. Outside of that first quarter, they looked pretty pretty bad tonight. So everyone's going to want much better play in, in Game 2. But going forward, I like their chances. I think it's a possibility that they pull this one out. But that's enough Cavs for now. We actually got some good news. A real championship that went down tonight. Something that everyone really ought to pay more attention to because these are the good ones. She's confident initially. She knows what it means. A-R-O-C-A-I-N-R. That is correct. Congratulations. So if you couldn't tell by that, the Scripps National Spelling Bee was tonight, which everybody jumped over to when they were fed up of watching the fed up of watching the Cavaliers. So, um, and the winner, let me see if I can just not butcher this. It's a young girl named Ananya, and uh, man, with the emotions that she is just not showing, it just shows these parents like take this way too seriously winning word was maricane which uh i mean you know 
We've seen better winning words, but whatever. Um, and yeah, Scripps National Spelling Bee. It kind of just always flies by. And people don't notice it until the very final ending and uh, on a Thursday night in early June. You know, I was actually in a spelling bee once. Yeah, back in the fourth grade, killing it at St. Catherine's Middle School. Three people from the middle school went to this spelling bee. Uh, the other two shall be renamed, remain nameless, uh, because yours truly finished higher than everyone there. Uh, no, not everyone. I actually came in 11th. But 11th place in the district spelling bee is, you know, something to brag about. The word I got out on was lecture, spelt with an X, because, you know, 10-year-old Jake loves to throw up an X once in a while. But I could have won that. Saw the word raspberry out there. Girl was throwing P's and B's and no Z's, and I was just losing my mind. I mean, I was in, like, the fifth row after this was going on, and she was spelling raspberry light, right? I was just losing my mind. Like, imagine, like, someone, like, fifth row at, like, you know, just, like, a dunk contest. I'm like, oh, my God! Like a home run derby. It was it, Someone was putting on a show, and I was just there, like, witnessing LeBron James or, like, you know, fucking Barry Bonds or something. This was This was crazy stuff. You know, in terms of fourth grade spelling bees, yeah, it was pretty crazy. But uh, had some fun with that. My parent that's that's a go to for like my mom and my grandma to go to like, you know, you know, back in the fourth grade, Jake uh, went pretty far in a spelling bee. It's like, Oh, congrats, Jake, way to go, man. Like that's awesome. No, no, no one's no one's saying that. My mom, thank you, but no, 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 no. Let's not go to that. You know, it's in it's it's always great that like everyone, whether your parents, your grandparents, or whatever, they always they always like to go to the the accomplishments that you're like, no, please don't, please don't pick that one to talk about, you know, please don't tell people that I was captain of the physics club in high school. I don't I don't want people to know that. Like, yeah, Jake was in the physics Olympics. I'm like, yeah, don't don't say that. Don't say that. Tell them how like they'll be like, oh yeah yeah, you know, you never hear the times where it's like. Yeah, Jake uh, once chugged a, a whole 32-ounce beer in less than 10 seconds. It's like, no, they never go to that one. I'm like, yeah, Mom, come on. Like, show the highlight reel. Like, like, don't hold back. Don't go to Jake got out on lecture. Go to, you know, Jake did a keg stand longer than anyone else's junior year. Like, that's the one I'm talking about. That's what I want to see. You know, give me the highlight reel. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Instead of, like, you know, the big ones. You know, the stuff that really matters, like putting away beers. It's like, oh yeah, Jake was Jake was phenomenal as the owl when he was in the second grade Winnie the Pooh. Like, yeah, all all eight lines, his delivery was magnificent. I mean, there were scouts there and talent. He, he, this kid had talent. It was amazing. No, no. But you know what? Their their parents, I'm not gonna act like I know what it's like to be a proud parent, because I'm not, thankfully, I'm not a parent, so don't need to worry about that. Don't need to think about what you're going to choose to be proud of. And I bet when the time comes, that'll be something that I'm like, too. I'll just brag about literally every little thing. Be like, yeah, we're potty training. We're doing it. We're killing it. Yeah, so I get it. I'm just teasing my mom.
But it's just funny. It's funny that what people will look at to what they brag about. Okay, usually this would be the time where I go to the Cleveland Minute. And I'll, uh, I'll just do the roundup real quick. Cavaliers were rolling. If I did this podcast about four hours ago, I'd be a much less somber person, a little bit better attitude, and you know, a little bit more Cleveland rocks instead of all everybody hurts. So, you know, there would be that. But still in the NBA Finals, third straight year they've won the Eastern Conference. Things are going well for the Cavaliers. This Finals is not over. It's just one nothing Warriors, okay? And a lot of people would have assumed it would have been one nothing Warriors, even if they picked the Cavaliers to win it all. So, yeah, that's fine. Tribe Roundup. Tribe started to play a little bit better. Uh, they're back into hunt of first place. Uh, Minnesota had a late game at L.A., so I'm not sure if they're going to be in, in a tie for first or if they're going to have it outright, but still early baseball season, not in the dog days of summer just yet, but you know, seeing the Indians is going to be fun. Uh, going out next week with uh, my cousin Derek, my uncle Tim, my dad. We're meeting up with a bunch of uh, my uncles and cousins, and we're going to an Indians game. Going to get like a little party suite action. It's going to be awesome. Going to have so much fun. Fireworks after the game on Saturday night. And hopefully the Cavs won't be swept out of the playoffs by then so that everyone can still be in a like, relatively good mood and we won't be like, you know, MF and this and MF and that. We just want to watch baseball. I got my Jim Tomei jersey ready to roll. I will be repping hard. I am so excited. I haven't been to an Indians game in a few years uh, at home. I've, I've seen them play elsewhere, but uh, but I haven't been to uh, the Jake, which uh, this podcast is named after, Jacob's Field. Uh, I haven't been to the old the Jake in, I don't know, like probably four or five years. So really excited to do that. It'll be fun. And guys trip out there and taking off Monday. That's always nice to have a little short week following after too. So really pumped about that. And the Browns, Browns keep making these under the radar moves. You know, they traded Demario Davis, who literally on his way out had nothing but awesome things to say about the Browns and even said they're going to shock the world. So it's always cool seeing former players that don't owe you anything say something like that. Like that was pretty awesome. And they traded Demario Davis. They picked up a safety, Calvin Wright, uh, Calvin Pryor from uh, from the Jets, and these were two guys that were kind of cast-offs and were basically relegated to being backups because the Jets drafted two safeties pretty high. They went Jamal Adams in round one, so he's going to be like the, the main guy on their defense. And then in round two, they went Marcus May, who really good player. It just didn't make sense because they already were loaded up at safety, but now it makes a lot more sense. They, you know, they didn't... They didn't ex exercise Calvin Pryor's fifth year, and they traded him. So they were probably going to release him, so to get anything for him was a pretty good deal. And on the Browns' side, it was a great deal. Yeah, They, they signed Chris Chris Kirksey and Jamie Collins to four-year deals. These are guys that are going to be on the field every play, so there's really not a need for another good linebacker like Demario Davis. Instead, they traded him, got Calvin Pryor, a safety who kind of needed a new home, a safety that is going to a team that really needs help at safety. So the Browns took a position of strength, took a player that was unnecessary, and turned him into a player that's got good potential, big-time hitter, Greg Williams kind of guy that could possibly turn into something at a position of weakness for the Browns. So they're really doing it. I mean, 
made some other small moves this week. They signed Chris Kirksey to a four-year extension. Like things are like turning around. I know everything is always easy to say, oh, you know, typical Browns, typical Browns. But you look at ever since this new front office took over, and there's not a lot of whole typical Brown stuff. They're just making smart move after smart move, and they're getting better. And they're going to build off of a one-win season last year because they have set a good foundation through the offensive and defensive line, which is so important in football, especially if you don't have a quarterback yet and you need to surround your potential quarterback. you got to build through the lines so it helps everyone else behind them. So that's my thought on the Browns in a little Cleveland minute. All right. Next up my minute movie review. I didn't see a new movie this week. Not that I can think of. I definitely didn't because it was Memorial Day weekend and trying to spend so much time outside. So didn't do a movie review. So we're going to go to a favorite of mine. And since the theme of this week was the Cleveland episode, we're going to stick to Believeland. The documentary, the ESPN 30 for 30, that was put out about Cleveland. A lot of people are not going to be interested in watching it, but I think if you've ever run into Cleveland sports fans and you try to understand what they go through or what they've gone through to this point, this is a good documentary to see. By most Cleveland fans, it it matched the standard because when I heard about this coming out, I was really skeptical. Didn't think it was going to be very good because I thought it was going to be a classic ESPN just rolling over the sad tape and just not really focusing on on really how the the people of Cleveland felt rather than you know it, and instead they would just be doing this you know what the national media looks at and oh typical Browns well this is so Cleveland that's so Cleveland and no it wasn't anything like that they did such an awesome job with Cleveland they really made you feel the pain of year in year out what was going on in these these teams in the city and it ended on a really high note because it ended with the Cavaliers winning the NBA Finals. So pretty awesome to see it go from the worst of the worst to some real highs in there with the Browns of the 60s, the Indians of the 90s, and uh, and finally the Cavs of 2016. So you know, not always championship teams, but you know, it, it, it there are some really good highlights in there, and it's just really well done. Really good job overall may have gone over my minute there but I got a little passionate about it and it's late so you know sue me whatever okay so now it's time for this week's update on the bachelorette uh, so far you know not not too much going on but uh, you can see where the characters are going right now this guy Lucas the waboom guy he's pretty annoying it's obviously the shtick is is it's getting old with the guys there. I don't know how long Rachel's gonna dig it. Now it's it's whatever. The guy is <laughs> he's a character. He's actually had some acting in in the background. He was an anchorman, you know. So he's been around. This is this is just the typical ABC thing with the plug of the guys that are gonna mix it up. And there's another guy there, Blake, who has to be the whistleblower and. You know, has to has to ruin it for everybody. And it's just like, dude, just worry about yourself. Like, just knock it off. So that's inspiring me for, instead of going over the entire episode, doing a top five Bachelorette-related. 
And uh, this week's top five are the top five worst contestants on The Bachelor, Bachelorette. When I say that, I don't mean actual people. I'm not looking at, you know, Courtney Roberson or Ben Higgins or Ben Flashnick. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go person by person who's the worst. I'm going by each season. You've got a couple different characters, right? You've got, yeah. First two weeks, everyone kind of defines themselves. So I'm going to go through the top five. Um, number five, fifth worst person out there is the overly cocky, yet you're just one of the guys guy. Uh, this year it was Demario who had to go out there and just act like, oh, you know, like, this is my girl. This is, this is, uh, this is my girl. Like, you know, you, y'all is talking to my wife. And it's like, dude, like, relax. Like, oh my God, it's so annoying. And like, part of it is wanting to be on TV and wanting to just be the guy that everyone's talking about and possibly turning this into like a friggin' fit tea advertisement on Instagram or whatever. But you know, this guy just every year there's somebody like this who it's like, oh, this is, this season's going to be about me and nothing else. You know, that's, that person is always just so annoying and you get it every year. That's whatever. And it sometimes combines with, uh, who number three is going to be when I get to that in a second. Um, but for now, yeah, number five, the fifth worst person on the bachelor bachelorette every year is by far the overly cocky person. Okay, the fourth worst person is the how the hell is that person still on here? Now, a little bit more annoying than the cocky person because A, this person never brings anything to the table. It's always someone like, you know, wait, how is she in the top six? Like, what? Who is Leah? Like, never even heard of this person, and yet she's still just hanging around. It's so annoying, you know, you're you're looking at these, everyone's doing their top five in their head, and, you know, their top ten, whatever the number is that week, and it never includes this person who just keeps skating by because they haven't got any screen time, they haven't even talked to the Bachelor or Bachelorette, and their only thing they ever say to TV is like, oh man, I just want to, I just want to talk, we haven't even had our first kiss yet, and it's like, it's just annoying because it's the same conversation every time. Like everyone in the house ends up just rooting for this person to just get some one-on-one -on -one time, which is ridiculous. Why would you be rooting for someone else to get this time? Because they just almost like feel bad for them. So it, it <laughs> I don't know who that is this year because we're still a couple weeks away from figuring that out. But it's going to be, I'm telling you, four weeks from now, you're going to be top 10, top eight, and there's going to be someone there who is literally not talked to Rachel and is just going to be there and be like, I'm just waiting to talk. I'm just taking up a seat of somebody who's more entertaining than me. And my only airtime is people talking about how I haven't talked to her. It's so annoying. Um, so a little bit more annoying than the guy that actually is overly confident is number four, the how is he still here? Number three is the overwhelming favorite. I don't think there's an actual overwhelming favorite this year. Um, there are a couple guys that you're like, yeah, she's obviously into him. She digs him, but nothing like last year when Jordan Rogers was, you know, week one, he was, she was all over him. He was obviously like the favorite with the hair and the athletic background and the fact that she was just like all hands on deck. Um, it just, it, 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 it 
it's annoying because then you're just watching to see who comes in second at that point. And it takes away from all of the rush at the end of the season. You know it's going to be him or her or whatever. And, um, you know, this year I don't think there is an overwhelming favorite, with it, which is good. But, um, you know, it's just... It just stinks when you have that person that obviously sticks out. Now, sometimes that person's the cocky person. You know, someone that points into this direction would be Courtney Robertson from uh, Ben Flash next season back in like 2000 and I think 11. Now, she was the overwhelming favorite. She was also the villain. And she was like, if you did the fantasy league, she was the points, 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 points person. She made people cry. She was skinny dipping. She was crying. She was lying. She was saying all the lines like, I'm not here for the right reason. She's not here for the right reasons. I'm not here for the right reasons. She was literally saying everything you wanted. It was great TV. But if the overwhelming favorite isn't great TV, it just it makes it annoying. So it's got to be a special balance. Now, for the top two, uh, this one, a lot of people think they're, they're going to know what number one is. Uh, number one, they're thinking is they're going to be the shtick guy this year is the Waboom. But no, no. Number two is the shtick guy because they're not around long enough to be the most annoying. Now, it gets really annoying, you know, because everyone's done with Waboom. Everyone's done with Tickle Monster or the girl that wore the shark costume and called it a dolphin or the girl that wore a giant rose on her head the entire night and her head was tilting. Like these shticks are so annoying, but it's not as annoying as number one, which is the guy that's got to blow it up for everything. He's the tattletale. And this year it's Blake and it's so annoying that he's got to be like, Listen, I got to get in front of Rachel and I got to tell her that this guy is here for the wrong reasons. Like, like why? Like, who cares? Like, she'll figure that out. Like, why would you waste your only time talking to her just tattletaling on someone else? It's so stupid. I never understand this and no one ever likes that guy. Newsflash, Blake, like, if you are actually trying to, like, win over Rachel, you are horrible at it because everyone knows the person that tells on the uh, the shtick guy or the guy that's not here for the right reasons whoever that is like the tattletale is basically just the one that's like i'm going down with the ship i am going down i'm gonna bring this mother down but i'm taking it down with me like it's it's mind-blowing that every year there's someone that's got to be like i gotta i gotta tell him i gotta tell him cindy i gotta tell him and it's like why? Why you gotta tell him? It's just so like stupid. So yeah, the most annoying contestant on The Bachelor or Bachelorette or whatever is the one that's got to be like, mm, I gotta go tell the truth. You know, this is this is this has gone on. This has gone on long enough here. Uh, this what do we think this is? Reality TV? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Just let it go. Let it happen. Let everyone have their fun. Huh. All right, so that's my little Bachelorette roundup is my top five this week. And honestly, I think that's it this week. Did my movie review. Post below what you think the song of the summer is. Yeah, still haven't figured that one out, but overwhelming favorite right now is Despacito. I mean, that song is fire. That's just great stuff by Biebs. But, um, but yeah, it's a late night on Thursday. Cavaliers will bounce back Sunday for game two. 
a little bit of uh, Cleveland Rocks maybe for my next uh, my next podcast. But for now, I leave you and uh, everyone. Good night. Have a great weekend. If you want to find me, I uh, I might be going to New York this weekend. Don't know. Maybe do a little Parker House Friday. Maybe go up to New York. Maybe do like some LPR. See a, see a cover band or something like that. Have some fun. Not a lot of my friends are around this weekend, so it might be a time to kind of escape a little bit. Uh, I'll be at the shore all summer. So, uh, recovering from a long Memorial Day weekend where we went balls to the walls, had our fun, but uh, yeah, change it up a little bit this time. So, everyone, have a good night, and I'll see you next week. Care.